This is Corey Dillon. This is Isaiah Stanback. This is DB Elijah Jackson. Hi, I'm Kevin Govin. Yo, what's going on, y'all? It's Thaddeus Dixon. Hello, my name is Lincoln Kennedy. My name is Jonah Coleman. What's up, everyone? It's Cam Cleveland. And this is the Bow Down Podcast. Listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And you're listening to the Bow Down Podcast. Hey, y'all listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And I'm listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And you're listening to the Bow Down Podcast. You are listening to the Bow Down Podcast. And it's coming from the legend, the one and only, one of one. And you are listening to the Bow Down Podcast right here, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Bow Down Podcast, the Believe Network Authority on all things Washington Huskies football. Our next guest is a former Washington Huskies tight end from 1995 to 1997, recording 50 receptions, six touchdowns, and a 15.5 yard per catch average. Not only that, but he has played some baseball at UW as well before being drafted in the second round of the 98 NFL Draft. Spending some time with the Saints, Patriots, and St. Louis Rams, he recorded over 1,400 career receiving yards and 13 touchdowns over seven seasons. Today, he's a color analyst for the University of Washington and the co-host to one of my favorite podcasts, Talking Huskies on Roots Sports Northwest, alongside Dave Softy Mailer. Super excited to welcome Cam Cleland to the Bow Down Podcast. Cam, welcome. Thank you for your time. How are we doing today? Yeah, man, you just spouted off a bunch of stats. Now, I'm going to have to correct you. Eight seasons in the NFL. and I And I got to college in 93. I was actually Coach James' last recruiting class. We redshirted all together, stayed together, and was during that stretch. So, yeah, stats are hard. I, I get it. And, and, you know, and, and let me just, just get this right out there. If we would have thrown the ball like we do nowadays, I would have had like 1,700 catches Without instead of doubt. only that time. But, you know, it's just a different era. It's, it's how this rolls. You can, you, can, you can hear the little bit of jealousy that I have built in. Hope it's you understand. A, a little bit of a different game now. Yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, welcome to the Bow Down Podcast. Thank you for your time. Yeah. Cam, not obviously the ideal way to end the last season a few weeks ago with a loss in the national championship game to Michigan, but nonetheless, an incredible overall season, 14-1, and one, the last Pac-12 champions ever, undefeated regular season, a ton of individual awards for our offensive linemen and quarterback and receiver, uh, Sugar Bowl champs to, to kind of cap everything off. Thoughts on this past season and what these Huskies were able to accomplish as a program. Well, you forgot to mention we beat Oregon twice. Too. We did beat just Oregon. Wanted, I just, just wanted to throw that one out. This one of the best shot. things that happened this last season. Uh, I look. I this has happened so quickly, and especially with the change of of coaches and and how the season was. I of course the season didn't end with a national championship. To just say that this wasn't the greatest season I've ever seen and been a part of. Uh, I was 14 years old in 1991. This even as a player, trumped everything that I've ever felt, not only as a fan and as a player, just being a part of it. So this was a massive success. It was an unbelievable feeling to be a part of it, to be able to call those games, to see the players, to hear them, get to know them, uh, get to know the staff, and travel the country watching this team play at the biggest game you can in college football. It was insane. So yes, this was a a massive success, and to be a part of it was, was surreal, but now we move into a different time, and you can see that college football is just – it's its moving and shaking, man. There's so much – there's hours and hours of content to discuss 
on why it's happening, but focusing just on college football and, and, and especially what we have here in Seattle, I, I tell you, I, I am optimistic. I'm excited for this group. I have to be. There's no other real reason. There's nothing else we can do. You have to accept it and appreciate where we are and how fast it goes and live in this moment of, of getting to know these players and appreciating it. So it just, it was great. And yeah, I say this season overall, as if you could put it into one sentence, it was just a magical run. And that's what it was all the way up until the end. Yeah. Uh, the most fun I've ever had watching the Huskies in my 34 years of life. Um, the first year of our podcast, we kind of struck lightning with this run that this team was on. So super fun from the perspective of the uh, the fan uh, on my end. Uh, we've seen a ton of changes happening in Seattle over the last few weeks. Players like Rome, players like Brilliant Trice declaring for the NFL draft. A ton of other players um, hitting that transfer portal and going to other schools. The coaching change with DeBoer out and Coach Fish in. Thoughts on some of these changes, and have you had a chance to speak with Coach Fish yet? First in interactions, first impressions on him. I haven't had a chance to talk to Coach Fish specifically. I uh, I have a son who is a freshman on the team. Uh, he's a redshirt freshman, and he's he's kept me abreast with with a lot of the coaches. and And this is really about his experience. For me, I'm on the outside. I'm just an old old codger that gets a chance to still be part of the program and call football. Uh, certainly knowing some of the staff, uh, um, getting to see Jordan Pow Pow back as, as tight ends coach, I knew Jordan very well during his time, uh, understanding that Brendan Carroll is the new offensive line coach, which is going to be a big influence on that group because I would look at it as by far the most important group to secure heading into next year. We lost a tremendous amount of players in the transfer portal. In fact, we don't have one starter coming back, which is incredible. At this time, we have both Hatchet brothers are currently in the portal. You had both Julius and Nate leave to Ole Miss. You had two tackles going to the NFL, and then backup players are deciding to go. So that that group, excuse me, concerns me the most, and it is most critical. And I think that from what I've heard from from Coach and talking about going after players and look how active they are look how active this recruiting group is immediately with offers and re-offers and going up and down the coast and securing guys that are in the state and going after it because this is a numbers game now and this is about getting every player you can to be part of it and also trying to recognize that this is a this is a program that is extremely proud has the resources to play at the highest level we've proved that just this year and we've proved that during the last era of the Pac-12 so no question in my mind do I think that this program can do it it just takes the leadership and the guts and I think that's exactly what which coach Fitch proved sorry coach Fitch proved in Arizona can he do it here I hope so I really do I really do uh we've been following you along on social media the last few months at Cam Cleveland on both Twitter and Instagram for those that don't follow um, huge fan of you when you're a huge fan of watching dogs at that next level. Um, we saw your tweet a couple days ago. No gloves, just straight dog. Love watching Cade Otten work. Talk to me about if you have a relationship with Cade, both being former tight ends for the University of Washington, um, any other relationships, and what other tight ends you enjoy watching at the NFL level. Well, I, I got to know Cade a little bit while he was playing. Just respect his game because he's just a worker, man. He, of course, the gloves, he's got the tape. 
Uh, that's how I started my career. Then I went, you know what? This hurts my hands a little bit. <laughs> and I'm like, I can catch the ball better. But we wore these old crappy Newman gloves. These guys got high-end gloves. These things, I swear to God, they'd stick their damn hand out. You can see my hand. It just, like, sticks to it. So, Kate is a – he's just a throwback. He comes from a family that you look at Tumwater and what that whole entire family accomplished from their grandfather, their dad, and now his brother there, too. And you can just see the workman – type blue collar and to lose their mom which is an incredible awful experience to be able to do that in your family and how how that hurts to lo- not only just lose a, lo- a loved one but 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 your mom and it, for him and all his family everything they've done and, and especially at the tight end position because of course I'm, I'm going to be slightly biased I know the tight end position is looked at across all college as not second rate but you don't get as much credibility as, as a lot of other positions. And certainly I'm a humongous George Kittle fan. He is my number one guy to watch. George is George dominates at the point of attack. Uh, I love what he does down the field. I love his moxie. I love his swagger. I love everything about how he plays football. The intensity certainly was a massive Gronk fan. All the guys that play with their, their nose dirty, if that makes sense, you know, certain tight ends and, and it, this is not a shot at certain guys. Everybody has an amazing skill set. Travis Kelsey's skill set is incredible in the box. His ability to, to not only uh, get down the field and find ways in his option routes and sneak. He's not explosive fast, but he's so crafty and he's he's gifted. But we watched tight ends and we got to see Jack Westover, who was so fun to watch. And Jack, talk about a kid who comes from uh, just out of nowhere up there in the plateau and is a walk-on and earns all the way up to a young man that was a huge feature in the Husky offense last year, a massive factor on third down. I argue he had the best catches. hands on the team too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, well, of course, I, I mean, Rome might have something to say well, about yeah. that, but yeah, Jack made catches that I would look back in the season and go, we're not in this point if Jack doesn't catch this football in a certain spot. Yep. And exactly. what he did at the point of attack, because really tight ends, you know, Quentin Moore was the blocking tight end. Quentin made that huge catch in the Pac-12 championship game to put us up. But Quentin's a guy that puts his hand down and does a good job on the edge. But Jack plays an H. He plays an F. He does Y. He's great job in the vertical scheme. He runs an awesome bench route. All those things that make tight ends so versatile. And by the way, other than quarterback, those that don't understand it, tight ends have to know shifts and motions. They have to know all the calls from the line calls. They have to know all the receiver routes, both in the slot and on the outside. They have to know every single aspect of the offense, but get a minute amount of credit. But that's okay. That's what the job entails, and that's why you do it. So I could go on for hours. There was a a story I read a couple months ago that Jack in high school actually snapped a ball at center, played tackle, played tight end. Yeah took a snap at quarterback and ran the ball all in one game in high school. So being versatile, knowing all the different positions, it's something that's unique to a tight end. You don't see with any other position on the field. Yeah. yeah no question. Um, no question. Cam, you mentioned your oldest son, Royce, a red shirt freshman this year on the team. You also have your other son, Trey, a highly ranked dual threat quarterback in the class of 2025 mm-hmm. as a former professional athlete with a long rap sheet, of achievements yourself is it a different sense of pride and a different sense of like a feeling that you have watching them succeed on their athletic journeys than you in your own well I do 
Uh, I'm going to give a shout out to my wife, who was a former Husky and a dual athlete. In fact, I don't think this is me just throwing this out there. I don't think there's another Husky couple that played two sports in college football she or in college she played both basketball and softball and so these boys and my our daughter get a lot of credit from her she's better athlete than me and that's saying a lot um shout out to mindy but yes i still to this day have more excitement watching them i get more nervous i have more anxiety my greatest memory watching these boys play is watching an eight-year-old and a 10-year-old hit back-to-back home runs in the local little league game that won us the championship in our local hazeldale little league in Vancouver. i'm not kidding it was incredible, and to that day, I will remember that forever. There is a more of a joy to watch them play and, and watch them work hard and and see what they have. And look, I, Royce is a walk on. He chose to go. He should. He turned down other spots where he probably could have played earlier, but he wanted to be a Husky because he said, "Dad, I just I want to be there." And I said, "You know, it's going to be a place where you have to work fifty thousand times harder than everybody else." He goes, "I don't care. I just want to. I just want to work, and and I can value that, but." It's just watching your kids, anybody that's a dad out there knows that you just get more more pride out of out of seeing them work and achieve and do everything they can. And they're never going to be me or they're never going to be their mom, but they want to achieve their own success by that hard work. And that gives me that that's everything that I can look for. That's that's, that's listen, um, my co-host, John, is, is uh, a father of three young kids. I have my own little girl coming in the next ten or not nine or ten weeks, so I'm super excited for my first. Um, yeah, pretty pretty cool, pretty cool to see that next generation, uh, especially in the same university, same same area, same campus that you and your wife were able to, uh, you know, meet on and, and, and yeah. as well as well. Um, Cam, you've had some pretty cool moments in the NFL, playing with some Hall of Famers over mm. the years, uh, Ricky Williams in New Orleans. You caught a touchdown from Tom Brady in 2002 with the Patriots. Uh, you were in the same huddle with Marshall Falk, Isaac mm-hmm. Bruce, Tory Holt in St. Louis. Any memories or moments stand out immediately to you when you're talking about your time in the NFL? Well, you mentioned some cool stuff. I mean, I, I had I caught uh, passes from two Billy Joes my rookie year. And shout out to Billy Joe Hobart and Billy Joe Tolliver. Now, that's trivia that not that's a lot of people trivia. have. Uh, had five different quarterbacks just my rookie year, and I was drafted by a Hall of Fame tight end named Mike Dicka, who showed me how to smoke cigars. Shout out to Coach Dicka. That was a big thing. That was <laughs> a little scary, cigars. Uh, it, it, there, there was The NFL is a job, man. It is hard work. I would go back to college tomorrow, even in today's world with, with uh, pay for play and NIL. It's just college just doesn't touch the NFL. It's, it's, it's hard work, but yeah, being in the huddle with Brady, and I can tell you the same play in the back corner against the Jets where I caught the touchdown versus versus them. But uh, probably when I look about finishing out my career or or, or wondering if I was going to continue to play, because remember, I blew out both my Achilles in back-to-back seasons. Nobody said I'd ever play again, and I played five more seasons. But it was about finishing and being around guys, like you said, Marshall, Torrey, and Isaac, and, and catching passes from Kurt Warner and Mark Bolger, but getting to beat the Seahawks in 2004. When we beat him three times in a row and we had two minutes and 14 seconds and I run a seam route and catch that ball and Hamaba knocks my head off. But we hold on to win that game in front of all family and everybody was just irate. And when I can't believe you caught that ball, I was like, do you know the check we get for playoff check? Do you think I'm going to drop that football? That's a playoff check. And so, yeah, that was pretty fun to do that in Seahawks Stadium and kind of just go out that way. Played another year after that, but 
you know, I have more Husky memories that I could just, I could go on for, for just hours and hours. But now after this last season, I have so many Husky memories that probably Trump at all. Circling back to the Huskies. I mentioned this pre our recording. Um, this is the hot seat moment. We ask all of our guests on the podcast hmm. to name their top five, or if they can't do five, top three of their position. So Cam Cleveland, the hot seat moment, hmm. name your top five tight ends in Washington Huskies history. Well, my number one is Mark Bruner. It's because Brew was a first round pick. He was my massive mentor for me seeing that. Uh, what he did for me was everything. After that, it gets a little bit muddy. ASJ certainly had some crazy catches and watching him as a dual sport athlete too, Austin yeah. Sphere and Jenkins and seeing his talent and, and this ranking all goes through there. And now I get to see Kate Otten, who's even more incredible as, as versatile and as talented as he was, but then and it falls into really how you look at it because Aaron Pierce is in there, and then it's and then it's also Ernie Conwell. And I rank myself. I'm not even put myself in the top five, man. There's so many guys I look at that are just talented, incredible athletes. And now I have Jack Westover. How can he not finish in there because of everything he did? So that's that's my number in in that realm going all the way back and. Looking through, I'm not missing anything, but yay, my rookie year, we had five starting, 1998, five Huskies starting in the NFL as tight ends. Myself, Mark Bruner, Ernie Conwell, Jeremy Brigham, who played with me as a backup, and then Eric Bjornson, oh, by the way, was a quarterback and then played tight end for the Cowboys. Crazy right. stuff, but we took a lot of pride in that position. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Cam, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Anything you want to plug or talk about on the way out? Uh, you know what? I, this I just want to plug Husky football. This is as a fan and all of you that are get a chance to watch this and see it and do not give up hope at all for the purple and gold. We're not going anywhere. Okay, coaches change. Players come and go. We understand that. But those of us that are here and why we love Husky football is because we're blood, sweat, and tears all the time, forever. College football has changed, folks. It's different. But no matter what, we're going to be purple and gold forever. Yes, sir. Awesome. Cam, always a pleasure, my friend. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thanks, Joe.